when we're in midlife, we're usually at a stage where we need to speak with people who are either going in a direction where we are, we're either pivoting and going into a whole new field, and that needs support. Or we're in a position and we want to move up or we want to stay where we are. We're doing something. We're active. So to have women who can do both is more powerful than I can even state. I think that there's something even more valuable than saying, oh, I can, I have friends, you know, from fourth grade. They're great and wonderful. But it's this particular group right now who I rely on because they understand my work journey as well as my emotional journey. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle, and welcome back to the show. Joining us today is Deborah Heiser, who's an applied developmental psychologist, the founder and CEO of The Mentor Project, TEDx speaker, Psychology Today contributor, award-winning researcher, author, coach, and adjunct professor, and just lovely person who's been on the show. Welcome back, Deborah. Oh, thank you for having me back. It's such a pleasure. I follow your show. I love your show. And um, so thanks for having me back. Oh, that's so kind for you to say. Um, well, last time we talked about what to expect as we age. This is an area of expertise. And we were talking about what might be valuable in this time, unusual time we've been in for the audience, which, you know, many of the women who listen are definitely midlife, you know, going through these midlife, trying to navigate what life looks like now or what it should look like now. And we have this added layer of having been through a a time that none of us have experienced in our lifetimes and um, feeling the pressure of like wanting to be out in the world, you know, do our lives, but yet there's still all these limitations and there's the emotional impact that I think a lot of us are still unpacking and still navigating because it isn't over yet. We don't know when it's going to be, you know, really something in our past. And so wanted to touch base with you and just, you know, with the women that you work with. And I know you shared with me before we started recording that you're also going through your own, you know, daily dance of how to get through day to day and make the most of our lives that we're so grateful to have, right? And to be healthy right now for those who are listening, who are, who are healthy. Absolutely. You know, we're all in this together and it doesn't feel like that when you're isolated for about a year, which most of us were. And coming back out of that is tricky. And I've been living that just as everyone else has. Um, One thing I've noticed from myself and from others lately is that, you know, we all felt very nervous about this illness that came through and all that was going about it. And then there's a sense of safety as we go back out. But As with a lot of different trauma, as soon as something comes up, we go right back there. So it could be a small illness that somebody has, or it could be that somebody is affected by something or that there's something else that comes up. It could be work-related. It could be friend-related. It could be whatever. We 
we end up going backwards a bit more quickly. We don't have that same bounce back that we might have had before. And that's because we were sort of shelled up in a little cocoon for a little while. Yes, in the safety of our homes. Yeah. And while that isn't great, um, it also is a place that we can sort of retreat back into. And it's something that we have to be on guard about. And we have to really be aware of um, so that we can say, oh, I see what's happening. Or we say, let me let me check in with some friends or someone to see what people's take is on this so that I can get back to my homeostasis, my equilibrium that I'm used to being. Uh, yeah. That makes me feel safe. Yeah. And it's interesting because we were also discussing, I just recently had on Dr. Sarah Gottfried, who is an amazing doctor and an expert in hormones and we also have the lovely added layer for, you know, depending on when somebody's in perimenopause or menopause, you know, there's just the emotional fluctuations that are happening naturally as we move through these different parts. And most women I know kind of learn about it as we go. It seems that nobody seems to talk about it and you don't even really know what to expect, except when you have these sort of unusual symptoms and you're sitting with your GYN going, is this normal? Is this okay? Oh, I can't tell you how many of my friends have called me and said, I'm, do I, I'm going to my, um, my, my physician. I think that there's something completely abnormal going on. And every single one has come back and said, oh, that's in the normal range. That's what's to be expected. And none of us heard this from anyone. Um, You know, you can hear things in textbooks or in passing, but when you're in it, it's a whole different world. And, you, you know, people don't talk openly about it. They don't talk about, I've heard about hot flashes, for example. And it sounds like, okay, a minor inconvenience until you've experienced one. And you're at a restaurant and you're taking your coat off. You're putting your coat back on because then you're cold. You're taking your coat off. And um, and it does come with an emotional um, bit of baggage that no one really talks about. People will say, oh, when they're in menopause, they get a little off kilter or whatever term people want to use. And it's not quite like that. It's more of a, you're in a a state of discomfort or being uncomfortable and your emotions are on edge a little bit. And navigating that isn't easy when you're not prepared for it. It's a real, it's something that a whole cohort that I know of are going through all at the same time and navigating it together is a a blessing and a curse in many ways. Yeah. I think it's lovely. You mentioned your group of women that you can lean on that you have. I would say that many women don't have that. I think sometimes whether you've outgrown the circles that you were in or whether it's physical distance, you know, you're somewhere else, you know, you're not near all your usual people. It's not that you can't pick up a phone because it's not maybe like you're seeing them in person, but it seems like you have an actual group that comes together. Um, I feel very blessed. I have many good friends, but it's like this person here, this, they don't all know each other, but it sounds like you have kind of a, almost like your team of women that all know each other. Is that true? Yes. And, you know, we were pretty um, aware of what we were doing when we were forming this small group. Uh, it was a conscious and choice to create this group. Oh, okay. Yes. This is great. Okay. And so when you have an expectation of people and you're able to talk about it, where you can say, I'd love to be able to talk with you. It's almost like mentoring in a way. And it, and it is in, in many 
aspects, but we're an emotional support, but we ask to be that of each other. So it's a small group, but if I need something, I can call upon them and say, Hey, you know what? My dishwasher broke and the guy came and, and, you know, said, it's not going to be working for three weeks. Okay. Um, it can be something as minor as that to something like I'm feeling imposter syndrome. I'm running a company and I don't, you know, and I'm feeling imposter syndrome now. And, and I can get two different responses from them. One might say, tell them to F off. And the other person <laughs> might say, here, take this nice strategic approach. And having that gives you the, the space to laugh, yes. to feel like there's some joy and, and humor in it that yes. you can get perspective. Absolutely. And can you tell us more about how you created that or these peers from your work or was it, you know, friends you had and they're, they're new. Okay. Brand new since the, since the pandemic. Oh, but, um, I'm a big believer in when you are feeling unsure that you try to gather people around who you might be able to say, Hey, can I ask your advice for something? One bit of advice that I've been able to give to others and that I've received is ask someone for help. Who doesn't like to give help? And if someone says no, then you don't want them around you anyway. So true. So if so, when, when I was, I found that these were women who asked me for help. And then I said, you know what? I, I'm resonating here with, with this person. Let me, let me get a little closer. Let me see what else is there. Yeah. And then it turned into asking for, hey, can you nominate me for something? Or, hey, can you um, can you give me some advice about this? And we we just started to form a group. So it all starts with asking someone for help in something, seeing if they, how they respond. And then if someone else asks me for help, I say to myself, is there more here? Maybe I don't just give the help, but I see what else is there. So I like to not just do one-offs, but to find out if there's a little bit more to someone. And that's how my groups form. And that's how I usually um, tell others to form their small groups. And a group can be two people and it can be three people, or it can be as large as you want it to be. So if you don't have a number goal for it, if you don't think of it in terms of number, you think of it in terms of, I, I have an emotional support group here, it's two people. Um, that's, that's the way that you can look at it is just what am I going to be able to get from this? And what am I going to be able to give to this has to be meaningful two way street. I love that. I think all women deserve that. I think all women need that. I think that's how we relate and we can't always get it to the degree people have partners or spouses from that person. That relationship can't be everything. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, you know, you do, you're fortunate enough, which I am to have a partner who can listen, you, you need that female energy and that, you know, my husband's not going through menopause. <laughs> it's not going to be <laughs> <Mine> isn't either. <laughs> right. So, you know, we need, we need our women friends for sure for that. Is your group, um, an emotional group or professional or both? Did you create oh. one that's both? And was that intentional or did it sort of become that? At this stage, um, when we're in midlife, we're usually at a stage where we need to speak with people who are either going in a direction where we are, we're either pivoting and going into a whole new field, and that needs support. 
or we're in a position and we want to move up or we want to stay where we are, we're doing something, we're active. And so to have women who can do both is more powerful than I can even say. I think that there's something even more valuable than saying, oh, I can, I have friends, you know, from fourth grade, they're great and wonderful, but it's this particular group right now who I rely on because they understand my work journey as well as my emotional journey. And the added bonus is my, you know, hormonal journey right now. So (laughs) It is. It's really validating when somebody can say, I hear you. I see you. I am you. I'm going through that. This is what I've done. Or, you know, I was, I'm fortunate. I I really love my um, general practitioner. And I remember back in um, March uh, when things were just like, really, I don't know, we'd been in it for so long and not quite out and just not feeling myself. And I, I did what you were talking about, you know, calling my general practitioner and saying, Hey, is this normal? And she was like, yes, and here's a supplement you can take, um, you know, which actually did help. I mean, that's what she could offer. She can't offer me the, you know, hey, call me when you need to. So very grateful to my general practitioner, who is our age. Um, I'm 50. I should say our generally our age and whoever's listening. You know, I do think it's very important actually to have a great relationship with your doctor. And if you don't find one that will listen to you. And, you know, even if it is within that 10 minute framework that we're given, but who really will have a conversation and take you seriously, because I think that's so important. And um, the supplement did help, but being able to call a friend or to just be able to cry and not be judged for it. You know, I mean, I think when you're younger, again, the emotions are all over the place and you're all kind of in it and you're partying and you're, you've got your ups and downs and the broken hearts until you kind of settle into that place and it's sort of the norm. But there's something that happens when you're our age, you know, let's say even 35 and up, I'll say, right, where you're like supposed to be professional and maybe you're a parent and maybe you're dealing with aging parents and you're supposed to have it all together. But the reality is we don't always have it together. And every new chapter brings new challenges that we haven't seen. And so having friends even of different ages who maybe walked that path, right? When you're a new mom, the first thing you do is like, oh my God, is that normal? Like talk to a friend and they go, oh yeah, have you tried this? Or this is the best stroller. And you're like, oh, that made my life easier living in the city. I was using the wrong one. You know, all that stuff helps make the day-to-day easier. It does. You're so right. You know, I want to give just a little bit of insight also, though. I remember anyone who's lived through um, having children, you get unsolicited advice, right? When you're pregnant. I can't tell you how many times if I pulled out a beverage, if it was a decaf coffee, people would say, oh, that's it. Or if something wasn't organic or something. I I remember (laughs) every decision I made being commented on. And so that happens in midlife also. Interesting. Say more about that. Give me, give me, give me a story, like a, some context for that. Uh, so many people have said, I'm, I was uh, told to go on hormone replacement therapy. And another person will say, I was told not to. Another person will say, well, I think you have to do this if, because otherwise you'll uh, be at risk for breast cancer. There's a lot of information out there that people pass on to others the same way that it happens when 
Um, people give unsolicited advice to pregnant people. Um, and that happens to so many people and it freaks them out. It frustrates them. So people will come to me and they'll say, I just got this advice. Am I now at risk for cancer? And I say to people, talk with your own doctor about that. Absolutely. Do not use your support group for that. Yes. You can use your support group to say, here's what my doctor and I have decided. And your group should not be a judgmental group. Then it's not your group. No. You need someone who's going to be able to say, all right, I'm on board with you on your, your particular journey with this. Yeah. Because it is a, an individual journey. So um, a lot of people that I talk with have a group of people that they're sort of throwing information out and gathering information. And it actually hurts more than it helps to have that. It's yeah. more confusing. It's, um, it's emotionally draining. If you're trying to sift through things that you don't understand, or you don't yeah. know, or you say, is this how I'm supposed to feel? They're feeling like this. And I'm feeling like this, or I didn't experience that. And they experienced that. And then you add in all kinds of medical components to it. It's a, it's a, it's a bad soup is really what it is. So <laughs> like that, my suggestion is to get a small group of people who you can talk with about that. They aren't going to dig into that with you. Yeah. You're not going to be thrown a whole lot of baggage. Um, that's going to add to what you're already feeling upset about. Because then when you go in and you talk to somebody, you can feel like you can take, you should feel like you're taking an exhale, like you're going, as opposed to inhaling and grabbing more things. Absolutely. I do appreciate you saying that because what you're looking for is acceptance, clarity, not more confusion, not more stress, not more data that you didn't actually know about until somebody said, oh, you have to read this. You know, you're making the biggest mistake of your life or whatever, mm -hmm. right? All this. And then it feels like judgment and more confusion. So, so just to recap what we're both saying, have a general practitioner, GYN, whoever, who you, or both, who, however you like to, you know, manage your healthcare that, you know, you trust all your providers. I love all my doctors right now. I will not tolerate. I've, I've had situations in the past. I will not tolerate a situation where I feel like I'm being condescended to, or, you know, somebody's being condescending to me or they're not taking it seriously, whether it's for me or for my child, I'm done with that. You know, yourself, you know, your body, if it's for your child or even your parents, nobody's going to be that advocate for you other than you. So you need, you need somebody who's going to be open to receiving that, even if they don't have the answers, but at least can receive you from a medical perspective. Right. And then within your community, Again, yeah, maybe you have those parameters where you say, hey, you know, these are this is the understanding of how we come together. Let's not dump all of our stuff on each other. Like this is to uplift, not to uh, what did you call it? What kind of soup? A bad soup? Bad soup. Let's not make a bad soup. Let's you make know, a yummy we, stew. Yeah. You're right. And I agree with a hundred percent of what you're saying. And most people we form these larger groups of friends because we're looking for information and it feels good in the moment, yes. right? And as people are exchanging things, but that then we go to digest this bad soup and it's it doesn't agree with us. Yes. But, but one thing to remember with all of this is that um, if we can be in groups like this, but we should not be taking our medical advice from individuals who are not our physicians. 
you can always say, oh, that sounded interesting, but I'll go talk to somebody about it. Totally. Um, the same way, you know, when you're in pregnancy or just having a new baby, you want to make sure that you're really focused yeah. and focused on yourself. So if you're able to take a step back, if you're in a group, some people are in a group like that. And I'm not saying leave that group or don't hang out with them, but just take a step back and say, oh, I feel myself getting pelted with lots of information here. Let me take a step back. And where I'm feeling confused, I will go talk to a professional, the doctor, um, whoever that is. Um, if it's emotional, I will speak with someone who I need emotional support for. But also, maybe I need a different group that is just for me to be able to talk about specific things that I'm going through. Yeah. And that's where you can have an offshoot, a smaller group of people who are going to promote you, help you um, in your professional life, who will also be there to say, yeah, I've got your back with whatever journey you're on. I'm there for you. Um, and that's a special group that usually is smaller than yeah. than some of the larger, um, bigger networks that we're in. Can I ask, in terms of the dynamic with your group, do people have similar backgrounds? Are they all professional women or? Yes, we're all professional women, Yeah, but we're completely different. Yeah. Um, that's why I said one will say, uh, and she does, she says, call the CEO and tell everyone to F off. That's her answer. Yeah. And you know what? I I take that in and I say, there's a part of that that's going to work for this. Yes. And the other one has a completely different approach to it. You know, she's much more like go down these 10 steps and here's what you can do. It's methodical. It's structured. It's a strategy. Yes. And, you know, I'm able to say sometimes I need a quick route and sometimes I need a, a, a strategy that's a little bit longer and we can work it out. And I yeah. have a whole different way of, of working things out. So we're completely different, um, but we do share one thing, and that is that we're all middle-aged, and we all are um, pivoting in our careers and doing things that we've all wanted to do all of our younger years and are trying to do something new now. And that's, that's where we bonded. That's our our sort of core strength that we're working with. Well, we're both Gen X. And I think, you know, for us professionally coming up the ranks and, and you can tell me if this was in fact your experience, I witnessed some of the women who were older than me, maybe. So if I were, was in my twenties, the women, they were in forties who were very competitive with each other. And so the culture was, you know, the young women coming up, we were looking to the older women, hoping that they'd be this sort of mentor and take us under their wing. And oftentimes what you got instead was uh, feeling like they saw you as competition versus someone that they wanted to help build up. What you're talking about in your peer group is a whole new way of being able to do this, saying, hey, we have this common uh, challenge. We're all pivoting in our careers. We, we're here to actually be support. We don't have to do that model. We don't have to do that. In fact, we are choosing not to, and we can, there's enough for everyone and we will support one each one another on their dreams. And that's a beautiful thing that you have. It is. And it didn't come out of nowhere. It was all of us making a conscious decision to promote women and to promote not just women, we're, we're happy to promote men also, but our core <laughs> women group yes. is we will promote each other. And if we see something 
that we, it's gone so far that if we see something that could be good for one of us, yes. and only one of us, yes. we try to figure out who would be the best person for it. Yeah, And that makes all of us feel like we win too. If someone gets something, there's really something great about it, where if you have a group that's working together to help each other out, if one of them wins, I feel right there like I did too, because I was a part of it. Love that. It's like when we have children and they get an award and we feel like, that's my award too, because uh, that's my child. It's the same feeling that you get when you form one of these groups that is one where you have a goal. So if you're meeting with people and you're hang, doing a lunch or you're hanging out and there's not a goal, that's different than if you form a goal. That's goal-based. very just social. That's just a social right. interaction. Exactly. A goal-based yes. network that you can have, which could be, again, one or two people or a little larger. If there's a goal, you're always benefiting from the uplifting experience of having someone push you forward. And just when you're feeling that bit of imposter syndrome and they say, no, no, you got this. I'm pushing you through the door and then go figure it out once you're through. That's really what is amazing about this. And every midlife woman needs this. Every every midlife woman needs this. But I think, you know, what you're talking about too, takes a level of uh, awareness, awakeness, maturity to be able to stand in that space. Because I think, unfortunately, in some cases, there are uh, women who just, they need the drama. They need the, you know, they, they, they actually don't take joy in seeing other women rise. And so it's a very intentional group where you're really picking those people who um, or yeah, they're, they want to help elevate other women. Do you, do you have a regular meeting time? Do you, or no, we, um, text each other constantly, you know, not constantly, but we're on, we text and we'll phone. Um, and we do not meet all the time. One of them, I only met her for the first time, almost a year after we first met, we had been really closely connected, but it was COVID. Wow. Um, But one thing I want to say about the social group and how you said some people just want drama. When you form one of these small conscious groups, you're really being vulnerable. I had to say, hey, I know that, um, you know, it looks like I've got it all going on right now, but I would love it if you could help me out in this area. I don't have an expertise in this. Can you help me out? And you know, they said, sure, I'm on board. I'll help you out. And then they had to do the same so that we now can feel comfortable with that. The people who are not helping others, it's because they're vulnerable, but they're not sharing their vulnerability. Mm. They're saying, I'm not going to give it to them because I don't feel good about myself. I'm not going to help them out. So that's the real difference here is when you're able to share your vulnerability, if somebody comes out and they say, oh, I'm not going to help you well, then they're not a good person. And you're probably not going to want to be in a circle with that person. So it's a matter of finding your people who you can be vulnerable with. Yeah. Find your people. I love that. And just like we talked about, don't settle for a doctor that won't listen to you. (laughs) No, you're right on target with that. Right. So when you're finding this group, this is where you really, and that's the beauty of saying, Hey, uh, you know, I'm not 20 years old anymore. Like I don't need to just except that these are friends that, you know, I need to deal with the drama or not feeling good around. Like you have more self-awareness and more 
um, agency to choose. Now you're, it's really about choosing and not that you can't do that in your twenties. I just think at least, you know, when you're younger, you just sort of accept that, you know, this is how it is. And then you get older and you realize, Oh wait, no, I don't actually have time for that. I don't have, I don't have time for that. And energetically, it doesn't feel good anymore. Um, so I think all of that's beautiful. I think I would love to see that for every woman in this community. I wonder, I'll have to think about if there's a way I can connect the women in the community. I mean, if they're, if no, they're there is a way. Yeah. Tell me, there I'm open to ideas, please. Some of the ideas are, and this is how it came for us is that you put out there, Hey, I, here's an opportunity. Is anybody interested? And that starts a dialogue where, you know, a lot of times things come across your desk and it's an opportunity that's not right for you. Yes. But you just leave it there. Oh, it's yeah. not right for me. Right. If you put put it out there to a group that you have, um, that's a wide group and you say, is this helpful to anybody? What I'd like you to do is now um, pass that on to somebody else that can, be, that can use it. Um, or when you get something to pass it on. And as maybe cliche as that may sound, it really, really works. Just putting one thing out there ends up starting a dialogue. Now that person will get back to you, say, Hey, how did it work out? And then, uh, listen, if something comes along your way, here's what I'm looking for. And you can do something like that, which feels transactional, but when you take it to the next level and you have a meaningful connection with someone, it's no longer transactional. And, but it can start with a transaction. If that yeah, makes it makes total sense. And like you, and I'm just thinking back about you talking about the need to be able to feel safe and to be vulnerable. You know, we, we, we all need those people. And I, and it's curious too, I'm wondering, I'm an extrovert. So I know that, and this is from a Myers-Briggs lens. So I'm qualified to administer it. And I learned in Myers-Briggs, you know, I think a lot of people think of extroversion, introversion as outgoing and shy, whereas it's really about where do you get your energy and how do you process? So as an extrovert, I have to process out loud to gain clarity on my next action or a situation. Um, My husband, for example, is an introvert. All his processing happens internally. When I say, hey, do you want to talk about it? I know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> it's no, I don't need to. And actually, let's just hang out and watch a show. Like, that's what would be more fun for me versus, you know, whereas I like, well, actually, I need to chat about stuff. I'm wondering, you know, maybe your, maybe your group is a mix, but any perspective on, you know, personality type and the need for this kind of community? I'll say that the introverts like texting more than they like getting on Zoom. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's okay. So, and the extroverts will use the uh, microphone more often instead of texting. That's so funny. I've been sending a lot of voice texts to friends (laughs) and I think they're like, what is this? Yeah, it's just nice because I can say what I need to say instead of... Right, exactly. And so, you know, what person can do if they want to take it to the next level with someone or fit it within their own personality style is to say, Hey, and I do this all the time. I say, let's get on zoom because that's how I can connect with people. Um, and up until recently, people have not been okay with meeting in person, but we have started meeting in person. Um, it's much safer here. We're able to do that. But for people who live far away, I will say, let's get on zoom. And I'm finding that when I'm very conscious about who I'm meeting with yeah. and what I'm meeting about, yes. um, 
It doesn't have to be long. It can just be a short amount of time. Another really kind of cool thing is that people can do is you can form a group of people even to do a once a week Zoom and then you start to support each other. So you say, hey, I'd like to get five people together to get on a Zoom. We're all in different parts of the country. We all do different things. And you start to just say, hey, what what is it that I can do to help you out? Or how are you? You talk about what you've been going through. And this is something that um, I've found that people really get a lot out of because it takes away the feeling of isolation. And people are also finding that everyone else is feeling the same way. They just thought it was just me, but it's never just me. Thank you for saying that. I think that's an important takeaway from this conversation. Oftentimes we do think that we're alone in something and then you are having that conversation with a friend and they're like, oh, this actually just happened to me the other day. A friend was you know, telling me about a situation that she had and how she was feeling as a mom and all this stuff going on. And I was like, oh, you, you broke down. I was like, that was me Friday night. I was like, I was in my car crying for 20 minutes. You know, I was like, I don't know if it was hormones or overwhelm. I was like, it's not like me. But and she's like, oh, you had one of those days. I was like, I think we all do. I think we, we all, all do. do, but we're not just going around talking about it. And, and I'm comfortable sharing that. Yes, I did have a breakdown in my car for 20 minutes on Friday because <laughs> I want other women to listen. Hey, we're human. Oh, we don't have it all together. Go. Yes, we all have that. We all have that. Although it's funny because when I worked in corporate, I, I, I think maybe twice in my 10 years, when I worked in house, did I ever have a break? Like cried at the office. And one of my friends was like, I cry all the time. I'm like, oh, really? I was like, that wasn't my, I was like, no, I actually never really, it really would take a huge breaking point to get me there. So I think it. I think the important thing is that people let it out wherever they let it out. I mean, yeah. if it's in your car driving someplace, if it's sitting in your driveway for 20 minutes, or if it's wherever it is, Everyone has those moments. There's no one that escapes that. It's just not, not happening. I know that yeah. a lot of people think that, you know, the person that looks like they've got it all together has it all together all the time, but they don't. It just Absolutely. And I don't know if this is a term from like a psychology, but, you know, is that projection? So a friend of mine is always like, that's just projection when you start going, well, she's, you know, she's got five, you know, like look, look at a Sarah Blakely or somebody, you know, who always portrays like, the fun mom and it's got the four kids and it seems like everything's together. And a friend will say, that's just, pro- don't, that's projection. We don't, There's you don't really, really know what's happening. Comparison. A projection comparison. Is if I took my negative feeling and I projected it onto somebody else or okay. something like that. So um, but they're misusing it. That's why I wanted to clarify. So what do you call it? It's social. I call it social ca- comparison. And we okay. all do that too. Yes. Every one of us. We all look at somebody and say, oh, they've got it together and I'm here, you know, in my pajama bottoms or whatever. And I just can't <laughs> get my stuff together today. Whatever it is, we've all been there. And we don't, no one puts out there. And maybe the projection that you're talking about is how a person projects themselves online. No one puts themselves looking like total crap online. Right. And so we, we co- compare ourselves to people putting out something that's there, even if you're going to lunch with people. Nobody is like going there with the, you know, scraggly bedhead and all of that. People are getting it together to go to this lunch and then they're going back and then they're having their breakdown in their car. So, you know, um, we have to realize that everybody is going through all of that. And one other thing, you know, COVID did this 
which made it harder for us. And that is that we don't get to go out and see that or feel that with people the same way. If you're not socializing in person, you're not able to see the body language of a person or to see how they aren't put together the same way and say, Hey, how are you doing? You don't look so good right now. And that's a door opener for a lot of people. And we missed out on that for a while. And that's, that's a hard thing for us to all go through. Do you think there's going to be long-term implications? I I really worry about the kids, the teens, young adult. I mean, I worry about everybody, but what, what, and I know that your, your demographic that you work with is really middle-aged, but so maybe just give us any perspective on I'm going to say this. I work with older adults. So I work with people who have survived the Holocaust. I've mm. worked with people who survived the depression. I've worked, I work with people who have uh, went through the polio epidemic. Um, you know, these are all people who came out and they, they managed. Now this, I'm not lessening this. I'm not saying this isn't something, but we are much more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. And we never allow ourselves to just feel like crap and say, you know what, I'm going to feel like crap because this is how I should feel. This is not a good feeling. Um, And to let kids say, you know, this is not great. Um, I'm not happy about being on Zoom. This is terrible. I'd like to play with my friends. Acknowledging the frustration and the negativity of something is okay. And to have a breakdown when needed is okay. I do believe we're all going to get through this because we've gotten through some pretty horrific things um, as society and as the world, and we've come through it all every time. This is just another example of that. And I think that the kids will be okay. I think that they've all gone through this together. This isn't something that it was one person and everyone else is going to say, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. It's going to be something that they've all done together, just like all of the generations ahead yeah. who've gone through big things. Yeah. And we can do, and we can get through hard things. I mean, yeah. I think if anyone takes anything away from this conversation is that don't underestimate the social isolation that we experienced for a prolonged amount of time, how that impacted you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and Start, find that community, find that one person, start with one. I think if you can find that one person who is aligned like you, if you have just one, you're in great shape. And then if you can expand that, you know, with that energy of that common belief system, values, goals, you will attract other people as you go along. But having that safe space and um, that community is, is, I think it's everything. I think it's absolutely everything right now. And just generally, right? Even for longevity, Dan Buettner, who wrote The Blue Zones, wrote about that. One of the nine things that helped people live to to be centenarians, one of the big pieces of it was, in fact, community. Community is one of the strengths that they even found from the, you know, from the Harvard Longitudinal Study of seven, you know, from 75 years. It's the connections that we make that are meaningful to us. We all have meaningless connections. We all have superficial connections. I don't say get rid of those. I say, though, give your full attention to your meaningful connections. And it's quality, not quantity. And that's what carries people through to be resilient. Every person I've ever talked to who's resilient and who got through things like horrific things like, um, you know, genocide or whatever, um, 
anything like that, you say, how can a person get through that? And they, every person I've talked to had a core community, even if they were in a horrib- horrifying like experience, they had someone there who helped, you know, they felt like they were connected to. Um, and, and that's really what can carry us through in, in our longevity too. feeling healthier, feeling happier, reduces your cortisol. You know, when you go and you can unload on a friend, even if you feel like you're being completely irrational at the moment, um, which everyone's gone through where you feel like I'm being completely irrational, but you feel safe to be irrational with that person. And that person says, Ooh, that was a moment. Um, you have just reduced your cortisol and you have just reset yourself. And that's priceless. That is priceless. It is priceless. And do pay attention to how that person makes you feel. If they're mm-hmm. judging you after you've just been vulnerable, make note of it. There's what's that expression when somebody tells you some, you know, who they are, believe them. There's I'm that's not the right exact way. Have you do you know what I'm talking about? I think that what we should I think that what you're saying is, you know, when when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yes. Yes. So if someone I always say exactly what you're saying, but I say actions speak louder than words. Yes. So a person can be saying, and I, I, when I teach about anger or things like that, I say, if someone is hitting you while smiling and saying, I love you, what do you really think they're saying to you? That's right. Um, you have to go by the action because we can all say pleasant pleasantries or polite things and really be showing an action that's negative. So really use your eyes and look, look at what you're I'm seeing. Absolutely. Um, I always love connecting with you, Deborah. Is there anything you want to add to the conversation before we wrap up today? I want to add that if people want to reach out, I'm certainly always happy to help a person make a connection somewhere that might be their special connection uh, where they can be vulnerable with somebody. So if someone wants to reach out, I'm always happy to try to give a person a good connection somewhere. Oh, you're a sweetie. Um, where do I direct them, Deborah? Uh, they can uh, reach out to me on my personal website, which is deborahheiser.com mm-hmm. um, or on the Mentor Project, www.mentorproject.org. Um, our job there is to mentor people, kids K through university. Um, but if people have questions, I do try to get back to them. Plenty of adults do too. I love that. And all of those what your links will be at thegoodlifecoach.com for anyone who wants to find Deborah and learn more. And I'm actually just going to put out this invitation invitation to if through the Good Life Coach community, you are looking to maybe connect with like-minded people who connect to the show and the messages that are here, send an email to hello at thegoodlifecoach.com. Let me know that you are looking for a way to get together with others within this community. And I will find a way because I really don't want to see women uh, struggling alone. I think we need each other more than we realize. And um, there's somebody out there who's going to vibe with you. So um, let's get, let's get high vibing with each other, with the right, with the right people. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much, Deborah. I love connecting with you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. And it's a privilege to be on your show. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.